Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I am looking at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 15. This is Ephesians 1.15. For this reason, uh, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, uh, he's heard about this church. And this is a church that has a reputation for faith and love. So it's a good church. So because he's heard of this church, verse 16, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and the knowledge of him. So Paul hears about this church. It's a good church. It's a loving church. It's a faithful church. And so he prays for something specific for this church. What does he pray for them? Verse 17, that God may give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. <laughs> that, that's very heavy. You know, uh, when you say, I pray for you, I uh, say, oh, why do you pray for me? Well, I pray for you to, I don't know, um, be blessed, that kind of thing. You know, rarely would you go so deep in theology and say that I pray for the spirit of wisdom and knowledge of revelation and the knowledge of God. Uh, but I guess Paul is trying to bring in some kind of fullness uh, in what he's asking God to do for this church. It's for this whole church to be able to know God better, knowing the knowledge of Him. But in order for them to know God better, to grow in the knowledge of God, it's not just doing Bible study or doing videos, that kind of thing. They need God's Spirit. They need God's Spirit to, um, to help them to know God, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. So there's something very Trinitarian about verse 17. The God and Lord of Jesus to give them His Spirit. So there's something Trinitarian about that relationship that God has uh, with the Trinity, with the three persons of the Godhead, that enables this church to come to know God better for themselves. And what needs to happen, verse 18, carrying on after uh, he's prayed for them to have the Spirit, verse 18 says, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know, dot, 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 dot. So the reason I'm looking at uh, these few verses is because I'm still choosing certain passages to speak about next week um, at this camp uh, that has the theme of awakening. And so I could even paraphrase verse 18, having the eyes of your heart awakened or enlightened or having light shine into a heart so they can finally see and know something. So it's not just knowing something here or even with our eyes seeing something, but somehow our hearts our souls, being able to experience and know something about God that maybe we need to know even more about God. Uh, and I think he puts here three things. Number one, uh, what is the hope to which he has called you? So hope, number one. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So riches, number two, of, of his inheritance. So hope and inheritance, this rich inheritance. And finally, verse 19, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power, his power towards us who believe. So there's hope, there's inheritance, there's power. So what's it talking about? So let's break it down. Paul is 
praying for this very faithful church, very loving church, to grow in their knowledge of God. They need God's Spirit in order to do that. But what God's Spirit does is it helps them to know something more about God through their hearts, through their experience, through God's presence in their lives. They know three things. Number one, the hope to which He has called us. And this hope is just talking about Jesus. Yeah, it, it's, it's just a way of saying that I hope that you grow to know Jesus even more. The reason I say this is back in verse 12, he talks about uh, himself as one of the first generation Christians, uh, as Jews. We were the first to hope in Christ. So all that hope in God was, uh, was fulfilled when they came to know Jesus. And so they put all that hope in Jesus. And I hear he's talking about Jesus being the revelation of God, Jesus dying on the cross to bring us closer to God. So it means knowing Jesus more in order to have this firmer knowledge, this firmer hope in God. So just knowing Jesus more, that, that, that's, the, that's the essence of this hope. Uh, secondly, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So it's talking about this inheritance, but it's talking about God's inheritance, his inheritance in the saints. And this word inheritance, or even the word riches, uh, previously talked about, in the, in previously in, in, in the whole of chapter 1 of Ephesians, talked about God's uh, generosity. You know, if there was a currency for God's generosity, it would be His grace. It would be His love. So He's really rich in His love, and His salvation love that He pours upon us. But here it turns it, turns it the other way around. You know, uh, uh, you know, we have this inheritance in God that is God's grace, but God has this inheritance that is seen in us. And let me read this again. The measure, uh, sorry, not measure, what the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. So God's currency for his love towards us is measured in terms of people who've been redeemed in Christ. So it's talking about how much God loves us. Okay, put it simply. God wants you to know how much he loves you. <laughs> and it's kind of striking that uh, Paul needs to pray this for Christians, saying, hey, I think you need to know more about Jesus, and I think, I think you need to know that God loves you. It's, it's interesting, isn't it, that these are so essentially basic things, and yet Paul says you need to know more and more and more of this. So there's hope, there's this inheritance, we're just talking about God's love. And finally, verse 19 the immeasurable greatness of his power. So what's this power that he's talking about? And he continues on, according to the working of his great might, of his great strength, that he worked in Christ, verse 20, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above, <laughs> it's very long, every name that is named not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So he says, okay, I want to describe to you this power that's working in you. And so God gives you this power, uh, so, you know, this superpower, this power. What, what are you supposed to do? And he compares this power. He says this power is like, and it's like the strength that God exerted. So imagine God has biceps. <laughs> God does weights. And then so he lifted and he does weights. But except the weight that he lifts up is Jesus from, uh, from, from death. It says here, it's like the might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he seated him at his right hand. 
And now Jesus is raised from death to life, and he's positioned at his right hand, far above all rule, power, authority, dominion, above everything else. He's the most powerful thing. And so the most powerful thing God has done is given his power over to Jesus. The most powerful thing God has done is raise Jesus from the dead. The most powerful, Jesus, God, powerful thing God has done is shown in Jesus Christ now having this power over everything in all of creation. So that's amazing, amazing power. Jesus is the picture of God's ultimate power. And he says, that's the power working in you. That's the power in us. That's equivalent to the power that God needed to exert it in Christ when he raised him from the dead. He's saying that this is power that you have today. And it's power just to be a Christian. It's not just power to do amazing things, but power just to continue on believing in Jesus. And so when you pull it together, it's really, really basic stuff. Knowing God, knowing Jesus, and carrying on as a Christian. It's saying that if today you're a Christian, hey man, do you realize how much power is working in you just to keep you going on, trusting in God, knowing God, and loving God? It's saying it needs the power of the resurrection. It needs Jesus dying on the cross. It needs Jesus ruling in heaven to ensure that you're still faithful in him, loving him, trusting in him, hoping in him. And I think that's a real encouragement uh, to have someone pray that for you. And I'm praying for you to keep on going. <laughs> I'm praying for you just to, you know, just for today, just for this moment, to keep on trusting in God. And that's the prayer for us to know that we are still Christians, to know God and to know that it is worthwhile trusting in God, in Christ, by the power of His Spirit. Uh, yeah, so this is, well, my goodness, it's almost 10 minutes. But yeah, this is just my first impressions of this passage that I hope will be helpful that I'll be speaking on next week at Awakening, this camp for BKDUM. Uh, thanks for watching, take care, and God bless.